0: very honored to have two great guests here to talk about not only the accounting world but what's going on in Connecticut and uh, and one of them is a a dear friend and current board director Joe Cass from uh, Bloom Shapiro now part of CLA and also James Watson is joining us who's the chief practice officer of the northeast for CLA or Clifton Larson Allen. So gentlemen thanks both of you for being here. Thank you Chris. Pleasure. Thank you. So we've got a a lot to talk about, Uh, a really interesting merger that uh, recently happened with you all. Joe, before we get into the merger, why don't you tell our guests, for those who didn't know who Bloom was before the merger happened, even though you're out there and Bloom Shapiro is well known in Connecticut and Boston and the Northeast, who who Bloom was at the time of the merger.
1: Sure. No, thank you, Chris. You know, Bloom Shapiro prior to 1231, that was the effective date of CLA and Bloom Shapiro coming together, was a top 100 firm in the United States. Um, We were actually the largest non-national regional business advisory firm located in New England, um, centered on advisory services. Uh, audit and tax services, basic compliance services that you would see. We were about 600 folks strong, 550 to 600 folks strong in New England, with offices actually down in Reston, Virginia. We had an office um, all throughout Rhode Island, Connecticut, and Massachusetts. Um, and again, we worked um, mostly in the with private, uh, privately held companies, those ones that were owner managed companies, the not for profit sector, schools, state and local government you know, the typical types of organizations that you would see an organization our size working on. Um, and we, we've had a history in Connecticut in one way or another, probably for close to 50 years with firms that had come together over a period of time. And I became the managing partner and was very uh, proud and uh, that my partners had, uh, brought me in uh, back in uh, 2016. Great, thanks for that, Joe. And James, tell us a little bit about CLA at the time of the uh,
0: acquisition.
2: Sure, well, CLA uh, we're the eighth largest CPA firm, if you if you benchmark us against CPA firms, um, and you know all across the country, something that I think is maybe not well known with CLA is we have, well, we had over 120 locations, we're closer to 130 locations now, and that's pretty uncommon in that top 10 CPA firms. Uh, you know, when we when we got to know Bloom a little bit, we were really excited because we knew it was such a good fit. Uh, An approach and strategy. So, uh, you know, CLA has, has uh, been around since 2012. We've been operating in New England since 2008. I'm sure we'll get into a little bit more, but uh, some of the strategy around coming together. But uh, that's, that's CLA. We're big in the wealth advisory, uh, accounting and CPA type work, and in uh, any type of outsourcing as well.
0: So that's interesting. Some overlap there between the two organizations, but obviously some distinction. So, Joe, you know, kind of take us through the process and we'll have James do the same thing, but at Bloom, you're usually advising on buy, sell transactions, but you guys are the trusted advisor and you personally are well respected here in Connecticut, been on the CBI board of directors for a long time, a a well-known figure in Connecticut. What was it like instead of being on the advisory side to be part of the process itself,
1: part of the sell process? Yeah. You know, you would think Chris, through all of the years, you'd kind of know it all. But the process was really a learning process for uh, for, for me and, and for the firm as well. You know, um, you know, James mentioned fit, you know, James mentioned, you know, coming together. And, you know, one of the things that we have learned over the years is what's most important in a transaction like this coming together of two firms is the culture and the values. and And Chris, whenever we talked to any of our clients, whenever we were advising anyone on a process that they were going to go through such as this, we said, listen, better make sure that the culture works, better make sure that it's a set of values that you're going to want to file, file um, follow. And so we worked very hard on the onset, learning more and more about CLA's culture and, and values. This came to us through a number of conversations that happened over a period of time. Um, We knew some of the folks from CLA, they knew us. They had a, a desire to be a bigger presence in New England. And we were not looking, if you will, for this type of upward merger. We had affirmed in our practice that we were gonna stay independent and we were gonna take over the world. You could imagine, right? Well, now we started having a conversation with a great group of people that were very much like us. And what we were centered on was what did it mean for our clients? And what did it mean for our people? And how was that equation going to get better? How are we gonna be able to deliver new uh, innovative services to our clients? How are we gonna innovate and pay for that innovation? How are we gonna expand our technology capabilities? How are we gonna expand our service offerings? James mentioned wealth management. And that was an area that we felt that we really wanted to get into. And I think James can expand a little bit more on how big that is. And then we talk about our people, right? We're a professional service organization. Without our clients, with our people, as you know, we're not going to be anything. So we needed to make sure that we found a partner, and we did in CLA because we talked to a lot of folks over the years. And there was a there, this just happened like the big bang, right? It was all of a sudden we were together and we were happy about it. We saw a great opportunity for everyone that was involved, our people and our clients, and we providing great, uh, inspired careers as we use at CLA for our people. Letting them really self-direct where they want to go, what they want to do, and it's been a great thing ever since. So, Joe, let's pull on that
0: thread a little bit before I ask James to give his perspective from the from the buy side and what he saw in Bloom Shapiro. I know when I sold by my business, you're absolutely right. I, it was a, tr- a strategic sale, right? It wasn't a PE sale, a private equity sale. And so th- I, there were certain synergies that I had to see with the buyer. You know, I wanted a, a financially stable organization that was going to continue to invest in my organization to allow me to realize the potential, to allow me to, re- to grow the organization and the, the individuals, and, and the culture you mentioned. That was the other thing I needed to see. I wanted to see values and culture. In fact, I wanted to sell to someone outside of the state so they weren't sitting in the boardroom every day telling me how to run the organization, still being able to stay independent having a fit with 27,000 other employees across the world that was similar. How did you evaluate the CLA culture and how, especially how did you do it during COVID? Because that's when you guys closed this deal.
1: Yeah. So we had the benefit, Chris, the firm, I, we had the benefit of spending time with potential partners because we didn't always know that there was potential partners because we really weren't looking for this over a long period of time. Learning about them in the market the best thing to know, best way to succeed in the market is to know your competition, right? So we gained a great understanding of our competition in New England and in a greater sense around the globe. And as we worked in some of our global networks, we used to be part of a different global network. Now we're part of Nexia and we can work around the globe, which is a great organization, but we understood our competition well. And as we started talking more and more to CLA, we started diving in what was in important to them? Where did they focus? What words did they hang on? We didn't talk about the economics, and you know what it's like to talk about the economics of a deal. It's very, very important. It means so much. But where they started and where we started was not on the economics of the transaction. It was what was going to be the benefit, what was going to be the opportunity that it was going to create for two groups. And really, those two groups were our clients and our people. And as you sit down, Chris, and you start having conversations with leadership in any organization, there's a passion and there's a sense that comes out of them right away at the table. If they want to start talking right away about, let's talk about net income. How did you do last year? You know, what are you spending your money on? How are you being created? If that's the conversation, we wouldn't have gotten any further. The first thing that they said to us was, tell us about your people. Tell us about what you're passionate about to bring to your clients, you know? And those were the conversations. Those are the things that we hung on in those initial meetings. And it wasn't, we started talking about economics. It it, it was probably weeks later. It was coming together, how are we gonna be better? And it was never a conversation. CLA, uh, you know, is is a billion and a half dollar organization at the the revenue line. closing in on 8,000 people. They never made Bloom Shafiro feel like a small organization. We were brought to the table to have conversations around opportunities as equals. And that set it all for us at the very beginning. The rest of the conversations I think was easy.
0: That must have made you guys feel great. So James, give it to me from your perspective. You know, I think a lot of times when a larger company acquires a smaller company the outside world thinks, oh, it was a takeover. They came in and all they wanted, they wanna be more penetrated in the Northeast, right? They want that Connecticut base, they wanted the Boston base. Joe mentioned Reston as well and up the East Coast and you mentioned wanting to have that. But sometimes, and I don't think people realize this, a small organization actually brings value to the bigger organization that's acquiring it. And Joe mentioned some of the things they did around culture. What, What did you see from the buyer perspective that really piqued your interest in Bloom Shapiro?
2: You know, Chris, it's interesting. Technically it was an asset acquisition, right? But you heard me say coming together, you heard Joe say coming together. It doesn't feel anything like a transaction and it hasn't felt like a transaction, except for maybe some of our systems and things that we have to deal with, as you know. But um, from a people and culture perspective, this just feels like we started as a plug-and-play January one. All of a sudden, we have a whole bunch of new family members in New England, and that's that's the course and the culture and the and the stance that we've taken. Um, as far as you know, Bloom bringing a lot of things to CLA, that was part of the expectation early on. Um, Bloom has such significant reputation in the market. They're a progressive firm, extremely well-run. Uh, and we are very open to getting input from all of our people. So having 600 more people to help us figure out, you know, navigating the future and any kind of innovation, it's, it's a blessing, quite frankly, to have that. Um, you know, I mentioned earlier the number of locations, we have 130 locations and Joe brought up Wealth Advisory, you know, I'm going to make a little connection there and maybe help paint a picture of how we come together locally you know, we have $9 billion, a little bit more than $9 billion under management. That makes us one of the largest regulated advisory firms um, out there. And uh, we do that by serving Main Street America, privately held companies, uh, our regulated industries that are also embedded in the communities. So all of our focus is around the community, uh, you know, area arena, if you will. So obviously having... A presence in Connecticut, the way that Bloom did, uh, a, a expanding the Connecticut that we had in Massachusetts. It's more about just again building into what we have and accelerating the growth uh, in the in the New England region. But um, Denny Schlepper, who was the CEO, who transitioned to Jen Leary on January one. Jen and Denny were both very involved uh, in this conversation. as you can imagine, you know, Denny and I had a conversation. We sort of jokingly said, you know. Bloom's really acquiring us in, in, in New England, if we're, if we're being honest. So it just should give you some sense that, you know, there is no us and them. Uh, I heard J- Joe say they a couple of times. It's, it's kind of like felt like a little bit like a dagger. I, I know we were talking free merger, um, but but we have we have struggled, the biggest struggle, and I'll let Joe speak to it maybe, but... Um, you know, has been, we don't like saying legacy this or legacy that. We feel like we've been together for, for forever. Uh, there's just so much um, synergy there. So
0: and that's usually a great sign too, when the, the company that's being bought brings something to the table, if not a lot to the table, quite honestly, to the, to the company that's, you know, actually acquiring it, if you will. And, uh, and I'm sure, you know, you got a great guy in Joe, he's well known here. He's just not only a good accountant, he's in touch, in tune with Connecticut policies, what's going on at the Capitol, how the state's running—he's always been very passionate, you know, which is why he's on our board and and doing a second term on our board. Quite honestly, James and so Joe, how do you feel? You feel like you're one of them, or is it still at us them type of situation? You know, that's always one of the early silos to break down—not just as the you as the individual and the leader of Bloom, but culturally from the two organizations uh, breaking down those kind of barriers. If you will, that's the toughest challenge in early days
1: of the acquisition. Yeah. So thank you for the kind words and, yeah, uh, um, Chris from day one and I and and I, I you know as a leader and and having sold your firm and I'm sure James would agree with me. One of the hardest things to be a great leader, I think, is to make sure that once you go through a transaction like this, once we came together, it was a matter that now we're one firm and we're CLA, and I and I and I thought that it was going to be a difficult transition for me. Over the last five, six, seven years, you know, we're doing what I was doing with Bloomsperell. I thought that that was going to be a difficult transition. And I said to myself, you have to make sure on January 1st that this is about CLA and it's not they, it's not us against them. All I have to tell you, I never had to think about it. This firm accepted me as one of their own and accepted all of our people as one of their own. The transition to be CLA has been much easier than I thought it was was gonna be. It wasn't something that I had to think about every single day. I thought I was gonna have to be the leader out there. Hey guys, this is gonna be okay. Our folks have learned so much in the last five and a half months, have had opportunities that they would not otherwise have had. James talked about wealth management. Why is that important? You know, Chris, we work with business from that whole life cycle, from the Genesis through their exit strategy, and then, what do we do with that funding? You know, what do we do with that funding, that money afterwards? Now we can participate in that whole life cycle. The things that we're doing with outsourcing, our cast practice, and the stuff that we can do with putting temporary CFOs in place, helping organizations run in this unusual circumstances or getting them ready to be going to market, doing a buy or sell side due diligence. The things that we were doing, the resources and the people that CLA brought to us. Has just been outstanding. Um, How do I feel? I, I, you know, this is going to sound kind of strange. I feel loved. (laughs) I mean, I know that that seems like something you shouldn't stay in business, you know, uh, but I do. I I feel loved every day. I feel fortunate. I feel blessed that I'm in the position and have this opportunity to work so closely with this organization. And you know, many of us, Chris, now at CLA, if you asked any of them, I believe that they would say the same exact that's got to feel
0: great, Joe. Uh, you know, I don't think a lot of individuals realize when a business goes to sell, they think, oh, the leaders are cashing out and, you know, leaving the employees out there to hang." But really the leader goes through this painful process of how will it affect me, but how will it affect my family, my employee family? I want to make sure they're in a better place. And we really, you know, you, you're passionate about it and it's a painstaking process. And I know when I sold, it was, wow, they're not only investing in me and making me realize my full potential, but they put the employees in such a better place with development opportunities, better benefits. And to your point, Joe, product offerings that now make us a better company because of the other entities in our organization. So that that must make you feel real good, Joe, to be in this place right now and realize uh, all that you thought about probably. And, And when you do that thinking, Joe, tell me if I'm wrong. You usually think about the bad side of it and it ends up being better than you would expect.
1: You know, we, we, we I hear it said said at meetings over the years, I should have done this five years ago. Now, I wouldn't have had the opportunity probably, you know, if we had done five years ago, but should have done it five years ago. Um, you know, where we are, and you know I'm passionate about things like this, but you're right. It, and it, it, you know, when we went back, we talked about culture, we never made it about Joe Cask. You know. CLA made it about our people. They made it about our clients. That, that was the conversation. So you're absolutely right. It, it's, you know, I think everybody, and it's, listen, has it been the easiest thing in the world? We're right now changing over technology. You know, technology changes. Technology, technological changes is tough, but we're going through some of that stuff now. And that's, that's understandable. And you can explain that and it goes away in a couple of days. The cultural stuff and the way that people feel doesn't go away if it's not a right fit.
0: Yeah, it stays there forever. So let's talk about that a little bit. Um, And James, let's talk about CLA's involvement in the community first. Because Joe mentioned, you know, when the acquisitions happen, yeah, you change technology, maybe you change fringe benefits, and there's that panic from the employees. Oh, change. You know, maybe this isn't good change. And then when they digest it, as Joe has talked about him personally digesting it, they're like, wow, this is such a tremendous opportunity. But there's other impacts on a buy-sell transaction, like this one where a national firm takes over, or acquires a local firm, merges with, I'll use your language, James, partners with a local firm. There's the impact on the community, right? So I know when we were acquired, one of the first articles that was run was large national firm by local manufacturing firm, uh, future uncertain in Connecticut, uh, which is always interesting, you know, you're going to pull them out of the state of Connecticut, and they're not going to be here anymore. Uh, that brings uncertainty to the community where we, we were invested in, we're, we're sponsoring our sports leagues, we're soup banks, food kitchens, all that investment in the community, obviously the employee uncertainty, the client uncertainty, and Joe touched on it, you know, how the clients were evaluated and impact. So let's start at the community level, James. What is CLA's involvement in the community? You know, you got all these locations and how do you see that changing or or staying the same here in Connecticut with what Bloom used to do?
2: Sure, absolutely. I think you know in the beginning, Chris, it's more of the staying the same, and I'll get to the change uh, in a moment, but I want to make sure that we're talking about CLA in its essence and our purpose. Our purpose is creating opportunities for our people, our clients, and our communities. That is is what we're all about. And how do we create those opportunities? We we promise to know you and help you, whether that's our, our client, whether that's an individual, part of our family member, uh, or if it's within our communities. And that's why we have those locations and maintain those locations. The change I would expect would be more opportunities, more growth, more impact in the community than, than Bloom had even before. The presence, I just spent two days uh, in our West Hartford office. I had the pleasure uh, for to, to enjoy Governor, Governor Lamont's uh, uh, order to, to remove masks uh, within the office yesterday, which was pretty cool. I am vaccinated. So that was, that was great. Um, so, you know, being able to expand what Bloom's done and, and back to how Joe described it with additional capabilities to serve the community needs in a better way. And then I would be remiss, Chris, if I didn't bring up our foundation. You know, Bloom was extremely passionate with their foundation and, and being able to provide opportunities through it. The CLA Foundation aligns very well with Bloom's foundation. Our focus is around education, employment, and entrepreneurship. Uh, we raised um, or we, we made donations of $1.1 million in 2020 to 82 different uh, organizations and 379 different uh, grant recipients in 2020. We want to continue to build on that and bring Connecticut into the fold as part of that foundation. But, you know, at the end of the day, the more important thing really is our people in the local geography, in the communities, getting to help the businesses, getting to help the not-for-profit associations, anything that we can do locally, uh, it just has that, that uh, ripple effect uh, in the community, so... We are certainly not coming in and ripping anything out of Connecticut. That would be completely counterintuitive to anything that we do as, far as coming to come together.
0: <laughs> Listen, that's, it. that's exciting to hear. I love the phrase opportunities for our people, our clients, and our communities. One of the things we've been really striving to do at CBI this year and hopefully forever moving forward, as long as I'm allowed to stay in this chair unless Joe pulls me out, <laughs> is broadcasting the amazing things our businesses do for their community, right? It's assumed that businesses grow and create job opportunities, and that's almost expected of businesses, if you will. But the people forget or don't realize it very often, I think it's an education thing, quite honestly, James, the impact that the businesses have on their communities, whether it's the philanthropical things that I mentioned or scholarships, apprenticeships, internships, that investment in the community. And we saw it definitely here in Connecticut, and maybe you saw it around the world during COVID, when the business community was really the only thing open and kept the nonprofits going by not, you know, dialing back on their donations, if you will, and continued to partner with the nonprofits to make sure the community stayed healthy and got educated on what was going on with COVID and the vaccination. Why, James, at CLA, why that investment in the community? $1.1 million. You could, you could pocket that. You could invest it in the organization. You could grow the individuals. Why that, why that investment in the community that you're so passionate about?
2: Well, again, it goes back to that purpose, right? It's part of what what we're all about, um, and you know, we've come to realize that there's there's a benefit. We used to talk about the double bottom line, right? So we we generate profits, and then we try to put that back into our communities. Now it's a, a triple bottom line that we're looking at. You know, How are we even taking that to impacts from a from an economic or environmental perspective? Um, there's just so much that we create good by doing more and more within our local communities and giving back, and you know, it's an extension, Chris, of our people. Um, you know, when, when you get a bunch of people, 7,000 strong that are all committed to knowing and helping, that's, that's, what, that's what comes out of it, is just going out and trying to figure out how do we, how do, we do something else? How do, how do we do more? How do we create more impact? Um, we actually created a community impact team. Uh, so we had our diversity, equity, inclusion teams. We had our foundation uh, and uh, we had our young executive teams. And we basically pulled them together and said, just just as you mentioned, CBIA is having all this impact. We're probably doing more than we even know we're doing. You know, we pulled a community impact team and, and put a new leader in place to, to help us sort of pull that together and, and really get a sense of, you know, what are we doing in the communities and what is that impact? Because I'm sure it's a lot bigger than we even think it is.
0: And Joe, how does that make you feel? I know when, you know, when I sold and had a much bigger company behind me, despite the fact that the media was running these articles about us leaving Connecticut and not investing in our community as much. It felt me so good after that first year to be able to actually invest more in the community, to give more in donations, to give more to our employees and develop them because they obviously have an impact in the community. Joe, as the, as the, the face in Connecticut, right? You're, you're, you're our guy, even though now it's CLA. How does that make you feel? Because you are the one driving that impact in our community here in Connecticut. Yeah,
1: um, I feel good about it every day, Chris, you know? Those weren't just words that James said about our people and our communities and the places in which we live and work. That's a that's that's and it's more than a feeling. It's actually an action. So um, CLA has been able to you know bring this force of seven thousand people across the United States to action. That money that we're spending is not corporate dollars. Those are donations by the people of the organization that are passionate about the community's doing better. I'm really excited about what we're going to do in Connecticut as CLA. I'm really excited about the things that we're going to be able to do for our communities. I'm really excited to provide a place for top talent throughout the state of Connecticut to come and work and grow and have an inspired career, become what they want to become. Um, Every single day, I think about it and I say to myself, we did a good thing. And I talked to the other leadership folks here at, 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 you know, we don't like to mention legacy bloom, but in this particular case, I talked to them and they say, Oh my God, Joe, we did the right thing. Um, and again, you know, Chris, this was something that was born out of conversations and what can we be together in Connecticut's going to see what we can be together as CLA.
0: Well, that's exciting uh, for, for you all. It's exciting, obviously, for our state, uh, the employees of CLA, our community. I'm going to, I'm gonna read a quote to you uh, to, to you, James, I'll start with you. And I wanna to get to your opinion on this because it goes right to the to the community side and says, um, this was from uh, the CEO of Petty Bowes who we're fortunate to have at our April Econ Summit a few weeks back. And he talks about um, there's only so long businesses can operate if they're not supporting the communities appropriately. It seems that you all have that same value, that investment in the community, that triple bottom line James that you talked about, you you agree
2: with that quote? I absolutely agree with that quote. And, you know, it's a journey we've been on for a while. The foundation was developed many years ago and it's evolved into that community impact uh, focus. Uh, We actually developed an app uh, for our people so that they could actually log time and we could capture that. Um, And, uh, you know, again, it kind of goes back to the, you know, we're not doing this because, you know, the, market influence, if you will, is, is saying that, that people need to do that. Or we're seeing quotes, we're, we're doing that because that's who we are It's uh, part of what we're about. There has to be a lot of purpose in, in what we do uh, and, and being able to serve the communities and give back uh, and build our communities. You know, the stronger our communities are, the stronger our opportunities are for the clients and the people within those communities. So it, it's really all tied together.
0: That's great. All right, Joe. You're, you're now CLA. You're, you're, it's all we, no them and us anymore. What's, uh, what's going to be different here at, <laughs> in Connecticut and uh, the operations you run now that you're CLA?
1: What do you see being different? Well, what do I see being different? Let me tell you what I think our clients and our people are going to see different. Not much. They're going to see the same delivery of services, except for the fact that we're going to be able to create, innovate, and provide additional opportunities for our clients and our people. What do I see that's different from, from my vantage point? What do I, you know, at the end of the day, I see more than one person looking back at me in the mirror, Chris. Um, you know, you got a guy like like James Watson. I, 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 I can't figure it out. You know, it seems like we're brothers almost and like we've known each other forever. Um, but the fact of the matter is, uh, you know, it's, um, I, 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 let me put it this way, Chris, as you know, being the CEO of a company can be a lonely post. There's no question about it, um, because of the fact, that you just that's just that's just the economics, and that's just the way that business runs. Um, I have a lot of friends at Legacy Bloom, but I have a lot of great new partners at CLA.
0: And James, what do you uh, what do you see being different? Good, or, good, good, great. As Joe mentioned, no change to the clients. Actually, just more service offerings, which is always great to have um kind of being always people always looking for that one-stop shop if you will that resource what do you what do you see changing
2: certainly you know very similar to joe um again i go back to plug and play type of environment um they're just part of our fabric now but we're all in one big family and you know there are some some service capabilities that we didn't have that bloom is bringing to the table like digital transformation where uh, you know we've now our managing principal of that, of that service is, is from Bloom Shapiro, who's already in that role and, and helping us expand it. Um, so it's just more uh, is kind of my response, you know, more of what we've been able to do. Um, going back to the conversations that Joe alluded to earlier, we always start the conversation is why would we be better off together than alone? And when you think about this uh, coming together between Bloom Shapiro and CLA, especially in New England, with that presence that we can have, uh, and in Connecticut, it's just it's just more. It's just being able to do more uh, and having a bigger impact.
1: Amen.
0: James, I, I would be remiss if I didn't ask you this question. I'll, I'll ask it <laughs> Mr. Cask as well because he's a he's a Connecticut native and he knows he knows this uh, probably even more so than you do. But lots of people like to pick on Connecticut mostly our Connecticut residents, including myself and and others, you know. And one of the reasons I took this opportunity was because I was kind of tired of kicking the state all the time and saying, maybe I could be part of the solution or at least collaborate with those really smart people like Joe Cass to be part of the solution. (laughs) Why Connecticut? If we're such a bad state and we're always a mess on the budget side and we're always walking with our head down as residents of Connecticut... Why, why an organization, and I know, you know Joe had obviously operations outside of Connecticut as well, but strong presence in Connecticut, and he personally is that kind of face of Connecticut. Well, why Connecticut?
2: You know, Chris, it's a great question. I'll preface it by saying I was born and raised in the Philadelphia area, so I know what it's like being sort of sandwiched between two big markets that, uh, that and we don't get a lot of credit and we have a bad reputation. So I have a soft spot, soft, uh, spot in, my, in my heart for anybody who feels that way. Um, I don't have that impression of Connecticut, so maybe I'll learn a little bit more where that comes from. But if you think about at least my perspective on Connecticut itself, there's such a wide array, whether, you know, certain geographies, whether it be Stanford or at the Marlboro or Shelton or or West Hartford, you know, there's just such an array of of, uh, different types of uh, businesses, different types of industries. And CLA offers such a wide array of services. So it, in my mind, it's a, it's a natural, um, a natural uh, delineation or, or uh, connection there. Um, you know, if, it, if, if we were the type of firm that was really just going for NFL cities for lack of a better word type of an approach, which you see that a lot in the, in the firms our size, um, maybe I would understand some concern as far as, you know, or maybe questioning why Connecticut But for me, Chris, quite frankly, Connecticut is a CLA state, you know, that is, that's a state we just never were able to have a presence in. Um, And the reason why is because we didn't, we didn't ever find a partner like we did now. So it's just so natural um, to be able to come in and, you know, Joe's great. The leadership team in the West Hartford office is great. Andrew Latimer, who's the managing principal of that office, um, I like. You know joe said I, I feel like i've known andrew for a while and he's another brother of mine too and uh he's he's starting to tell me all these great things about Connecticut, as far as you know the first cheeseburger the, i think the first pizza or something like that i mean there's a lot of great things right there that, that we could easily get into i, I love to eat <laughs>
0: <laughs> he obviously introduced you to all the great restaurants in west harford as well while you were here the past couple of days too so that probably uh one year over, but you've definitely done your research at Connecticut, James, because you hit on it with that diversity of industry sectors that we have, right? That's why I think one of the reasons we've done so well during COVID. We in global downturns, well, yeah, we do rely on the, the health insurance carriers and we rely on manufacturing quite a bit in Connecticut. In global downturns, we've got a, a diversified portfolio, something you probably advocate all your clients have. And we seem to to survive and do better in Connecticut than some of our other regions that are very dependent on one industry sector, even our Manufacturing sector is very diversified here, from aerospace to defense to commercial products, medical devices. Uh, so yeah, you've you've learned a little bit about Connecticut, so that's uh, great to see. And I'm sure Joe will continue to educate you. So Joe, from your perspective, right now you're fighting for a 1.1 million dollar foundation, and you're trying to convince the guys at CLA spend it here in Connecticut. Why, Connecticut. Why Connecticut? Why invest and grow in Connecticut?
1: Yeah, great question, Chris. I do want to point out the the only thing that is a challenge for me to understand is the fact that there are sports teams in Philly. So <laughs> we're gonna, we're gonna, I'm gonna work really hard with James, to, but I haven't gotten there yet. Um, so you know, and Chris, you know better than anybody. I, 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 love this state. I mean, the people, the the culture, the education. You know, do do we have some potholes in our road? Yeah. Do we have some problems with, uh, you know, funding of Unfunded pension plans or other post-employment benefits. Yes, we do. But those are challenges that every state across the country has. There's no question in my mind, and I've seen it firsthand. Um, What we have in Connecticut, though, are just really good people. And it's going to be easy for me. And great causes. When you look at what they had for, you know, What Jacob Jakubowski was doing with the food lines and feeding people throughout Connecticut, the passion that came through. Just that, that, that and it's heartfelt that we're gonna take care of one another. We're gonna fight for one another. That's the feeling that we have in Connecticut. That's why we live in Connecticut. Am, Am I gonna get a flat tire someday because of a pothole? Yeah, but we could fix that stuff. The people are passionate in Connecticut and it's gonna be easy for me to go to leadership within CLA saying, folks, we need to make sure that Connecticut gets what it's due from CLA. And I guarantee you, Chris, we're gonna bring it here.
2: If you think about a privately held business or a regulated industry, so that's how our firm focuses within industries. Um, they're either gonna be privately held uh, or they're gonna be some sort of regulated governmental agency or a healthcare financial institution where, where there's really that board in place but we don't go after sort of the big four clients from like an audit perspective, which is really what they're built to do. Um, so why do why is that? Why do we, why do we do that? Well, we think it's a strategic advantage of ours to really be that premier resource to that. Some people call it the middle market. Um, I prefer privately held and regulated industries, like we describe it. Um, and we can bring big four capabilities to pretty much any. Organization or, or company within that private or, or regulated industry um, at, a, at a price point that's much different than the big four. Um, you know, sometimes if you think about a firm like CLA, eighth largest firm, $1.5 billion will be close to that at the end of this year. You know, chances are, uh, you know, they probably only deal with large clients and things like that. Well, we have a lot of very large clients but we have a lot of very small clients too. We have 200,000 clients that we serve. And think about the impact that we have in communities across the country, not just Connecticut, but uh, 200,000 clients that we feel very passionate about serving them any way that they need. And you know, I say it intentionally that way is because just like Joe said to, to his family five or six years ago, he stood up there and when he was the new CEO of Bloom Shapiro and he said, we're not gonna be a CPA firm anymore. We're an advisory firm. That's how CLA looks at the world. Um, We have to benchmark ourselves against CPAs and we have a lot of CPAs in our business, but we wanna be that true advisor to help anybody along their journey, Um, whether it's through the mission or from their family uh, and succession and things along that nature. So I, I like to say that there's nothing we can't do as it relates to anything on the financial side of the world or operational side of the world. Uh, and we can do it uh, at, a, at a pace or a level that really helps uh, all of our clients uh, collectively. So that's, a, that's our biggest advantage. Um, outside of that, you know, from a client or from a people perspective, everything starts with our people. Um, we're focused on inspired careers. You know, I think Joe uh, is probably excited with, with the opportunities for his people uh, that join CLA to branch out. I think Joe used that term earlier. Um, You know, what's flexibility, mobility and choice is what we're all about that inspired careers, but we want people to have an entrepreneurial spirit for a very flat organization, uh, leadership wise, despite our size. And that's really just to be able to uh, continue to build uh, and grow and create opportunities for for our
1: people and clients. I'm just so proud of, I don't, a couple of things you maybe don't know that we have the largest portfolio of private held companies in the United States. We audited more states than any other firm, including all of the big four. We're the number one service provider of associations, credit unions, single audits, employee benefit plans, the number one accounting firm for construction entities. Um, You know, the Financial Times were in the top 300 registered investment advisors with numerous offices with best places to work. Um, You know, back in the IPA study back in 19, we we were in the top fastest growing firms. So... All really cool things that CLA, again, brings to the market.
2: And even before, I'll, I'll jump on that a little bit as well, Joe. We just recently uh, discovered, we didn't intend to be on this list, but the Forbes uh, most diverse or celebrated diverse companies, top 500, uh, we made that list, and we're really, really excited about that as right. well.
0: Congratulations. That's that's fantastic to hear. And breaking news right here on us. <laughs> I so. always <laughs> like to break news here at CBI. Yeah, that's absolutely. Gentlemen, thank you both for joining us uh, today. Greatly appreciate You know, the coming together of two organizations that deeply believe in the opportunities of their people, their clients, and their community, as you guys put it. So it's, uh, it sounds like a great merger, uh, a perfect marriage, if you will. And we look forward to the opportunities that we realized here in Connecticut for those employees, the clients, and the community. Thank you both for joining us.
1: Yeah. Chris, thank you for the opportunity. Um, James, I look forward to tomorrow. Uh, Chris, I I look forward to success in Connecticut. And I I just think that Connecticut is just poised to, again, be number one.
0: Absolutely.